everybody's received one of these. And of course, if you're at home, you can now scrabble for yours. And if you're here, you're going to go, oh, I didn't bring it with me. Didn't I have to? Fair enough. But I'm actually going to be speaking from this. But I'm going to address a comment that's just been made to me this morning because somebody said it was really good, this, because it doesn't mention the devil. Well, if you've had the Christmas that I've just had, the devil is alive and well and really kicking hard. And we ignore him at our peril. Jesus has won the victory. Absolutely. The victory is ours in Christ. Absolutely and completely. But anybody will tell you the significant battle in the D-Day, in, sorry, in World War II was the D-Day landings. And the, back, the war was won from that moment on. But the fighting in that last year of the war was the hardest and the most, actually there were more Germans killed in that last year than in any other part of the war. Because they were losing, if you see what I mean. They were in retreat. But when they were fighting for their own soil, they fought even harder. This world is Satan's realm. He is prince of this world, biblical. And he is defeated. But boy, is he fighting hard. Come on, open your eyes. Look at what's happening on the Capitol in Washington. That is demonic. However many Christians over there are going, we've got to fight for this. Got... Yeah, but you don't do that. And one of the guys that's been arrested is a shaman. I don't know if you picked that up on the news. That's somebody who's specifically into occultic practices. And some of our Christian brothers and sisters in the States are lining up with these folk, which is... The problem we've got is that the church can be deceived and Christians can be deceived. So please don't tell me the devil doesn't need airtime. We've got to see the works of the enemy. Not because we're fascinated by them, not because we're scared by them, but so we can go, there he is, out, and we can enforce the victory of Christ. But if we ignore the devil, he will not flee from us. That's a completely misunderstanding of what biblical Christianity is all about we, re we resist the devil we don't just sit on our bums and let the devil hold sway we don't sit and let the earth go to hell in a handcart I want to see this world change don't you? yeah well let's kick the enemy out of it then Jesus is Lord, Jesus is sovereign God's in charge, absolutely but every time you and I sin, every time the church messes up, every time the enemy's out and about. Chris has said that you know, the, the two different uh, timings on this um, pandemic, that's the word I'm looking for. Could you believe I nearly forgot the word pandemic? I was too busy thinking about Jesus. Look, that's strange, that, isn't it? Um, the, the two works of this pandemic, the first... The first element of it, the first stage of it, is, was horrible and nasty. And, but actually the church was being called to repentance for what we hadn't been doing and to lament for the world. That's why you didn't hear me talk a lot about fighting back. You heard me talk about coming in repentance. You heard me talking about standing up and, be, and all that sort of stuff. Now, 
the phrase that goes around my head again and again and again. And I think this is why it's, it appears worse than it was before. I'm not sure how much worse it is was before because we, our data collection wasn't great to start with. But the phrase that goes around my head again and again is enough is enough. Enough is enough. That doesn't mean we disobey the rules. You look are beautifully masked up. I have no idea. If, so every time somebody laughs, that's good because I can tell. But I don't know whether you're smiling. Joe, I don't know whether you're asleep or not. I have no idea. I know Owen is, because Owen's learning how to sleep with his eyes open, haven't you? <laughs> so I've got to get something back after yesterday. You know, when Fulham beat um, my team. In the, anyway, moving on. Uh, I'd, I'd like to say they were lucky, but they weren't. We were lucky to score zero, I think. That was the, the usual thing. But uh, we've got to get out of this non-biblical highly theological mindset that says we ignore the devil. We don't focus on him, but we've got to recognize his work so that we can come against him. Otherwise, we just go, oh, it's God. And do you know what? If we go, oh, it's God, then God's guilty of a whole load of stuff that doesn't make him good. Read, read Gregory Boyd for good. But no, no, don't. But no, do you know what? Don't read the books. Read Ephesians sometimes. Read Galatians and see the warfare. Read Mark's gospel. See how many demons Jesus comes across. Sorry, but that is just so important. Is the devil mentioned on this card? No. Do you know why? Because I thought we'd grown up enough not to have to. I thought I'd five years we spent laying that foundation. And I wasn't expecting the reaction... Oh, I'm glad you're, you're getting away from the devil. No, I'm not getting away from the devil. I just thought we had enough foundation on that to be able to go. But given that that's how we live, now, that's the point. Acts chapter 3 is the verse. If you've got a Bible at home or you've got a Bible with you, don't look for ones on the end of the pew. They're not there. We're not allowed. If you've got, it's amazing. It's when I first started in ministry, I used to say, get your Bible out. People's heads would go down. They'd scrabble in their bag. Now everybody reaches for their phone, which, of course, about 15 years ago, I worried about because I thought nobody was concentrating. They were sending texts or whatever, but I understand your... Hang on. I need four pairs of hands here. Let me try and put my glasses back on. I can't read the scriptures. Acts chapter 3, verse 17 now, brothers and sisters, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he'd foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. Repent, then, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that the times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He must Remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he's promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from among his people. Indeed, all the prophets from Samuel on, as many as have spoken, have foretold these days. 
and you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. The verse that is on the front side of this card going forward into 2021 is verse 19. Repent then, and I've missed a bit out, not because I don't think it's important, but I just wanted it to fit on the card. It's purely functional to get it to fit. Repent then, turn to God, your sins may be wiped out, that the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Repent, that times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's presence, it says in a different version. I'm really encouraged. I'm seeing some of uh, the church in America come in repentance. Some of the prophets that got so caught up with the political spirit, so caught up with their own stuff and what they wanted. Um, we've seen, haven't we? We've seen several recently post apologies. And one of them was beautiful. And it just said, I'm so sorry. I got caught up. And actually, he, this guy had given prophecies four years ago that there would be a second term for Trump if Trump softened his heart, if Trump was kind to those who were his opponents, if there was a whole load of stuff like this. And as this prophet said, he'd forgotten the ifs. He'd forgotten it was conditional, and a lot of prophecy is conditional. It's a conditional on our obedience and our turning back. And, and then this guy wrote, I'm going to stop making political prophecies. I'm going to come back to the heart of what the prophetic is all about. It's about Jesus. I'm crying while I read this because the humility for someone to do that is, and then post it on Facebook is huge. And the apologies for backing someone who could cause what happened in this last week. The church across the world, but for us specifically here, we need to repent that times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's presence. The enemy wants to get us focused on the idols. And Eliza, thank you for singing that beautiful song. Absolutely beautiful. It's a beautiful song, beautifully sung. Thank you, guys. And the, she talks in there about the idols that off, seem to offer life, but in fact are empty. But she also talks about the fact she keeps coming back to them, correct? And we do that. We're drawn back to those things because they're habits, they're habitual. And Satan, of course, only has jurisdiction in our life where we sin. It's about sin, really. Do you want, not want me to talk about strongholds and Satan? Okay, I'll talk about sin patterns and our fault. But the two come together. Repent as a lifestyle. I believe 2021, the Lord is saying there's going to be ongoing breakthrough. We've seen God do amazing things in 2020, despite all the that's been going on. Technical phrase there. Anybody writing this down? Good luck with that one. Um, but 2021 is 
times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's presence. If you look at the Greek in that verse, the times of refreshing that stream from the Lord's presence, that sense of the times of refreshing is to do with wind, streaming from the Lord's presence, the Spirit in the sense of um, the wind of God, the ruach of God, the pneuma of God. But it's also the refreshing thing. It could be translated here, we will be able to breathe again in the Lord's presence. We will be able to breathe freely in the Lord's presence. Would you all like to take, don't do this now, but would you like to take your masks off and breathe freely? Would you like to be able to go anywhere and breathe freely, not scared you might? The time of breathing freely, of breathing easily from the Lord's presence. How? Through repentance. That's what matters. So guys, I call us into that place today. We need to come to that place of repentance. But we need to know then that you know, it, it's all well and good. The streams of refreshing will come from the Lord's presence. Times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's Whichever order you want to put those words in. But it's no good coming to the Lord's presence and going... Because otherwise you'll flipping suffocate. Did quite well. I held that for quite a long time, didn't I? Another proof my uh, asthma isn't there anymore. Um, but we've got to breathe. Do you have to think about breathing? No? Talk to people with lung disease. Because they do. People with COPD, people with severe asthma. They do have to sometimes think of, right, stop, deep breath, right, fill my lungs properly. But most of us, we just breathe, and when we exert ourselves, we breathe a bit harder. Or we're singing, and we breathe in deeper. Or we're singing, and we don't breathe in deep enough, and then get to the end of the phrase and realise we haven't got enough air left to finish the sentence, and off we go, ah! But we learn to breathe deeper. In the Lord's presence, we can go, oh, well, the Lord's done it, or we don't have to do anything, and take that Calvinistic, predeterministic route if we want to. Calvin never taught it, by the way. Or we can come into the Lord's presence and go, oh, let's breathe deeply. We drink of the water. We don't sit there looking at it. When the men go to the pub when they're allowed to, the first Sunday of the month, they don't put the, put the pint on the table and look at it and go, isn't that wonderful? Isn't it great? Isn't it fantastic? I've seen them. You know what they do? They drink it. It's disgraceful, drinking beer. And do you know what they, then, you know what they do again? They go and get another one. And if they're, if, they're, if they're walking, they go and get another one. Alan never has three, Jane, it's fine. Normally driving, <laughs> but but it, you drink it. You don't look at it. And we've been taught in good Bible teaching just to sit and let God do it. No. We let God do what He does, and we do what He calls us to do. We cooperate with Him. The, the let go, let God stuff is really important for the things that He's doing. 
And the enforcing the victory and doing our bit is really important for the bits that he's asking us to do. And do we let go and let God, or do we do it? Yes, as ever, it's both. And we discern which is which. Repent that the times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's presence. And then on the reverse side of this, we've got our vision along the bottom, and then we've got these words. And all of these words are countercultural. Oh, you're not banging on about counterculture again. You know, we've got to try and heal our planet. Do you know what? I think some of the cracks in our planet, God will use to bring new things. I don't want to heal up back to the new normal, to the old normal. It was the old normal that got us here in the first place. I want to see new things. And that might mean our economy blowing up. That might mean a whole load of different things changing. And Oh, I wish it had happened to a different generation. Yeah, well, do you know what? It might be painful and difficult, but it might be the best thing. But all of this is countercultural. Somebody actually said to me a few weeks ago, why do you be, keep banging on about being countercultural? Where have you got that from? Do you know when I first heard it? When I read John Stott's flipping commentary on the Sermon on the Mount, and he talked about the Christian counterculture, which isn't about selling things for Christians. Counterculture. Cultures. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody kept up with me. That's good. You know, if I'm being as wacky as John Stott, I think I'm being all right, don't you? So we will advance in a time of apparent retreat. That's what it feels like in the world at the moment, doesn't it? Feels like we're all we we like. Oh, it's gonna. Oh no, it's not. Oh no, it's not. It's going oh, So we need to advance again. I'm not saying break the rules in any way, shape, or form. Let's be careful. Will we be able to meet like this next week? I hope so, but if not, it's fine. We go back online. Chris and I will probably be here with a band and we'll may well live stream because that's what we sense we need to do. But it's great having you lot in front of me because it's much easier to preach to people than to a camera. So we advance in a time of apparent retreat. We grow when everything is diminishing. We bring life. That means an abundance of salvation and healing and new life, even where death... I hate the fact that somewhere on the news it says, this is how many people have died today. You do realise if we had that number every day, irrespective of a pandemic, it would be about those numbers. That's roughly how many people die every day anyway. We just get used to... It, it's just the pandemic has brought it onto our screens. We need to bring truth where all is false news and lies. There's too much twisting out there. My daughter said to me a couple of days ago, she said if it had been the Black Lives Matter group that had stormed the Capitol, there'd be a lot of dead black people now. Where the security forces just backed off. And, and one of them got killed, and it was horrendous. But we've got to bring truth where there's false lies. We bring sacrifice where entitlements and the me-first culture prevail. We declare unity, typing error, sorry. It says unity in the face friction and disagreement, in the face of friction and disagreement. Alice and I did... Um, proofread it about five times and of course you read what you think you've written rather than what you have written and we don't come under the prevailing culture but take authority 
So there you go, the, the enemy is on there. I just haven't mentioned him by name. We take authority over the enemy and transform the world around us. For today is the day of the Lord's favour. Took me about five attempts to get to, for, the, uh, for the software to let me spell favour with a U. Because <laughs> it wanted me to do the American spelling, but it let me change it eventually. So we advance, we grow, we bring life, we bring truth, we bring sacrifice, we bring unity, we take authority, and we look for transformation. It's nothing new, actually, is it, for us, most of that? It's where we've been walking, and the Lord is saying, push into it, advance into it. Our um, encounter services will cover those things. And we'll look at a biblical um, underpinning for each one of those. But can I encourage you as we go into 2020, take this, pray into it, take the, the piece of, um, the thing that was sent out last week or Christmas Eve and between Christmas and New Year with the revelation on it. Um, we seem to have a bit more revelation coming again. It doesn't surprise me coming into the New Year, so there may well be another one. Don't get overwhelmed by it. Pray into it. Some of it you'll go, well, what? It's okay. Just leave it. You know, remember, I've already distilled this much into that. Not on my own, but talking it through with a large number of people. And because a whole load of this, I went, what? Because it's not relevant for us. So pray into what comes and just take on board what the Lord speaks to you. And together, I promise you, we will be a people who come in repentance. We'll be a people that look to breathe more easily. Sound like an advert for tunes now, don't I? Sorry, you could be a certain age to remember that one. Uh, and I promise you, we will be a people who will do these things. We will be countercultural, bringing life and truth and unity. For today is the day of the Lord's favour.